This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 11 The ion drive throbbed happily as Freebird roared toward her destination, humming quietly to herself. Her crew was busy, each in their own way. The captain was at a communication station engaged in some project which he was keeping to himself. Echo was running in-flight systems checks as dictated by the manual, but since he was the only one who seemed to think it was important, he was beginning to wonder why he was bothering. The man they called Thirteen was tied to a chair at an observer station where he couldn't reach any controls, and was trying to chew through Bix's neckerchief, which they had gagged him with when he refused to shut up. Thera was standing in front of the command view screen as if it were a dramatic vista, her hands clasped behind her back, looking regal and imperious even in her prison-issued jumpsuit. She seemed completely absorbed by her own thoughts, and Echo took advantage of the situation to wheel over to Bix quietly. Captain Banderson, he began. Bix, Echo, Bix! Yes, all right. The robot glanced quickly towards Princess Thera's back. I was wondering... You finished those checklists? Bix asked, not looking up. Well... The robot offered. They're about as done as they're going to get. Bix looked up and grinned. I like that. He said. I should try that line with my math homework. What is math homework? Bix grinned again and shook his head. Man, I do love outer space, you know that? Captain, I'm worried about this new plan. Echo said quietly with another glance toward the princess, if that's really what she was. You think she's playing us? Bix asked quietly. I think she has us solving her problem instead of solving our own, Echo said. Is that what you mean by playing us? Bix nodded. The thought had occurred to me, he admitted. But she isn't wrong either. You've seen the specs on that command station. I'm the one that showed them to you. And we had a pretty good plan for getting in the front door of Sector Command. I mean, before we put the guards off the ship and freed the prisoner. It was a good plan. As long as people kept on ignoring the fact that we were not the ship they were expecting and not doing the sensible thing and blasting us out of the sky, yes, it was a pretty good plan. Okay. Bix nodded. The plan wasn't even that good. It really wasn't. And we didn't really have any plan at all for what happened next. Sneaking across a space station the size of ten football fields and finding the partial transmission of data on Earth, which could have been pretty much anywhere. Long on concept, short on plan. Maybe you could romance it out from under their ship's computer. I hear you're quite good at that. I can hear you, Freebird warned quietly. You're actually standing in my head. The point is... Bix interrupted. She's not wrong. We need allies. This planet, Grathal, they've been resisting occupation by the universe for 80 years. 
That says something about how tough they are. There are two tribes who have spent those eighty years taking turns betraying each other, Echo grumbled. That says something about how trustworthy they are. This is what the universe does, Freebird said. They turn the races and cultures on worlds they wish to assimilate against one another. The natives eliminate one another's resistance forces until one tribe sees the universe as the lesser of the two evils and capitulates in the hopes of having power over the rest of their own species. And on Grathal they've been doing this for eighty years, Echo agreed. And today both tribes are supposed to stop fighting each other and help us attack a sector command station just because we brought back Princess Grumpy Pants. Call me that again and I'll gut you, Thera said without looking back at them. All right, but you've kind of proved my point right there, Echo said. Also, it's rude to eavesdrop. Then you should probably talk more quietly, Thera said. Captain Banishan, my people have struggled for years against an occupying army that claims to be everything everywhere. When they learn they are not alone in their fight, when they hear of your exploits, they will rise up. When I'm returned to my people, all of Grathal will bow to the slaughter as the true chosen people of my world. Even the treacherous tribe of the Windmere will fall into line. Bix blinked at the strange little alien girl. She was barely as tall as the station he was working at, but she talked like a history textbook. So you're like, what, seven, eight years old? The girl frowned. Comparative ages of different species are irrelevant. Particularly, as every planet has a different solar rotation period. But you're a kid, right? Obviously. The girl growled, showing more than a little fang as she did so. So when this happens... Echo tried to steer the conversation back to something useful. You're sure your planet's fleet will help us take out that command center and save the captain's planet? You have my word. Across the room, Thirteen seemed to be trying to say something. Bix walked over and pulled his neckerchief out of the prisoner's mouth. Yes? Bix asked. You can't trust the promises of a Gratholite, Thirteen spat. The universe has worked for years to bring peace to that backwater. They are the most stubborn, treacherous, pig-headed people in the entire cosmos. Sold, Bix said, clapping Thirteen on his shoulder. Nice of you to vouch for them. Captain Banderson, Thirteen gasped. You have to let me upload the manual. Bix frowned. Those rules and regulations? He asked. They can't help you much now. I upload them every day for peak efficiency. All hail the universe. Sorry, Thirteen. Bix shook his head. Turns out that stuff is bad for your brain. And if you all hail anything on my ship, I'll gag you again. Approaching our destination. Freebird interrupted. Preparing to cut Ion Drive. Echo whirred and shook his head as he rolled to the co-pilot station. Has it occurred to anybody that we're about to single-handedly liberate a planet so we can get a little help attacking a space station? No one spoke. Well, when you put it that way, this is a terrible plan. Bix agreed. I am dropping out of Ion Drive. The ship returned to normal space and slowed immeasurably in an instant. The view screen was dominated by a greenish-brown planet with heavy clouds in the upper atmosphere. That had to be Grathal. The space between Freebird and the planet was thick with spacecraft. There were two battle platforms and 
four heavy cruisers, each with a full complement of drone fighters. The transponder codes of over a thousand craft of all sizes began to flash on the screen. I mentioned blockade, right? Thera asked. Terrible, terrible plan. Echo whispered to no one. You said a dozen ships, Thera. I count more than a dozen. Bix tried to sound calm and largely failed. They've sent reinforcements. You think? The princess was indignant. Someone must have tripped over those escape pods. You should never have left those guards alive. They couldn't be here this quickly. Bix shook his head, running auxiliary power to the maneuvering thrusters. Somebody on Thrax's aid must have wised up and sent an alert. They knew you got on the wrong ship and they came here to bushwhack us. I guess they're not stupid after all, Echo said. Just very, very slow. You should probably have stayed on the station, Thirteen. You'd have gotten yourself a medal or something. My name is Aldous Porknean, the prisoner protested. Your name is Thirteen, because you are the unluckiest man in the world. Everyone laughed except Porknean. Freebird! Bix said, settling into the captain's chair and strapping himself in. Run up the flag. On the screens of every ship in the blockade, a new and puzzling transponder code appeared. Above a ship that read as a Starhopper 6 scout ship, the code was simply Freebird. The communication station began to buzz with activity. They are hailing us, Freebird said. Which ship? Everything larger than a drone fighter. Open all channels, but only respond to the highest rank. You want them all to hear us? Echo buzzed. As many of them as possible. You got something good? Well, give me a minute. Bix shrugged. I just got here. Terrible, terrible plan. Echo muttered, raising the ship's force field as subtly as he could. Unidentified craft, an officious voice said over the communicators. You are broadcasting an improper transponder identification. Please identify yourself. Bix pressed a button on his armrest to reply. This is the Freebird. Our designation looks just fine from here. Who am I talking to? Unidentified craft. This is the Battle Platform Sub-9 Omega-6, Admiral Haththorn in command. Awesome. This is Bix Banderson, Ranger Scout Captain, and we are not unidentified. Our ship is called the Freebird. That is not an acceptable designation. The voice was more confused than angry. Don't tell me. Tell her, Bix said, winking at the ship. My name is Freebird, she said proudly. There was a pause. Unidentified craft, was that your ship's computer speaking? Nope, that was my ship. Best ship in the cosmos. Freebird gurgled with pleasure. Unidentified craft, your ship is a Starhopper 6 with markings matching a craft that improperly took a hole from Thraxus 8 station intended for Prowler class Baker Fit 74 Theta. What is the status of that cargo? Bix smiled and spun in his chair as he spoke. Do we also match the description of a craft that had a little fender bender with the real Baker Fit 74 Theta at Calanti's 7 Fueling Depot? There was a brief silence over the comms. What was the point of that exactly? Echo squeaked. Bix held up his hand for silence. The voice came back and it was stern. You are designated Rigel Walker 99 Alpha, wanted for detention for an incident that resulted in heavy damage to six universe craft. All hail the universe. Negative, Sub-9 Omega-6. We are not Rigel Walker 99 Alpha. We are the Freebird, and this is all a terrible misunderstanding. I'm going to let you talk to somebody who can vouch for us. Stand by. 
Bix cut his microphone, removed his straps, and carried a headset down to Thirteen's chair. Bix, is this a good idea? Freebird asked gently. Don't let him talk, you idiot. Thera shouted. Bix looked Thirteen in the eyes and spoke very seriously. You're a rule-breaker, Thirteen. You're a rebel like us even if you don't mean to be. They'll never take you back, but we will. You just vouch for this ship, nice and pretty, and you can walk away in one piece. Captain, don't! Echo cried. Bix held up his hand again and opened the channel. Who is this? The voice of the command ship said. Thirteen looked nervously around the bridge and then spoke, tentatively at first. This is... This is Corporal Aldous Porknine of the Thraxus 8 Security Station. This ship and her crew... He paused and looked around the room again. When he broke his silence, he spoke very quickly as if he expected to be cut off or shot at any moment. They took me prisoner during a daring raid on Thraxus 8. They overcame a full security squadron and liberated Princess Thera with the intention of returning her to her people. Stop him! Thera cried. But Bix stood calmly and smiled patiently. They are commanded by Bix Banderson, who defies the rule of the universe. They plan to gather support on Grathol and lead an attack. Okay, that's enough. Bix said, snatching the headset. No spoilers. What'd you do that for? Thera screamed furiously. Publicity, Bix said. Now everybody listening in on Grathol knows all about us. And the giant armada of death between us and there? Echo waved his arms furiously in every direction. They were going to talk and talk and then send over two fighters to blow us up, Bix said. I needed them to do this instead. Do, do what? what? Everyone else cried at once. All universe craft. A new voice shouted over the comms. This is Admiral Hasthern. Set targeting computers for the vessel designated as Freebird and fire all weapons. Blow them out of the sky. Bix smiled and returned to the station where he had been quietly working earlier and pressed two buttons. I needed them to do that so I could do this. The crew turned to the view screen and watched as every transponder code on every ship in the blockade changed at once. There were now a thousand ships over Grathol named Freebird, and they all began to try very hard to blow one another out of the sky. They really need to close that back door, Bix said with a shake of his head. The real Freebird moved forward into the fray as casually and carefully as she could. Why is no one shooting at us? Thera asked, baffled. Automatic systems, executing orders, Echo said, his voice full of admiration. And defending themselves, as per procedures, Freebird agreed. Plus, I changed our transponder to an ambulance ship code, Bix said with a sideways smile. No universe system will fire on an ambulance. It's against regulations. I'm taking us in. Thera, find us a landing zone. Why don't they just change their codes back? Thera asked, still astonished. They think it's impossible, Bix said with a toothy grin. Because it isn't allowed. About that landing zone? You're a monster, Thirteen hissed, gazing in astonishment at the devastation of the invincible fleet. I know you are, but what am I? Bix grinned. You made this possible, Thirteen. You got them riled up and this is what happened. They all looked on in wonder at the blazing lights of energy beams and the fires of ships burning under furious attack. It seemed clear that the Battle of Grathol would last only a few minutes and that the real Freebird would not have to fire a shot. 
You might want to think about that job offer, Bix said to Thirteen. You're a hero of the Rebellion now, buddy. There. Thera pointed at a green patch on the planet's surface. Bring the ship in there. Freebird! Bix asked, leaning into the controls. Can you muster some approach vectors from that vague pointing? Absolutely. Freebird purred contentedly. Landing pattern set. Bringing her in. Bix said as the craft approached the upper atmosphere, as if oblivious to the massive destruction continuing behind them. Suddenly, from the planet's surface, a storm of withering laser fire began to blaze around them. Hold on to something! Bix yelled. I think we're caught in some crossfire. No! Sarah cried. The blockade is out of range for surface defenses. They're shooting at us. What? Bix roared, fighting the controls to avoid fire as the atmosphere bucked the ship wildly in every direction. Not feeling the love here, princess. It is those traitors of Windmere trying to prevent my return. Gonna be honest. Bix said through gritted teeth. I did not see this coming. There was a flash of light and a roar like thunder as the heavy fire tore into Freebird. Bix! She cried in anguish. Hold on, Freebird! Bix yelled as the controls twisted and wrenched violently in his hands. The ship's voice cried in what sounded like agony as critical systems crashed all over the bridge and control stations burst in clouds of sparks. We need to eject. Thera shouted over the din. I'm not leaving her! Bix said with steely determination as he fought to level out the controls. We need to get to the ground in one piece! I think we can manage at least half of that! Echo said as the rough surface of the planet grew ever closer in the flickering view screen. Everybody hang on! Bix roared! This is probably going to really suck! Hi, I'm Jack Ward, and from all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we'd like to say thank you for making this our fourth season. With hundreds of original shows, we are the world's largest curated podcast and podcast family collection of audio drama and audio fiction, and it's all because of you. We couldn't be more grateful, because it's here at Mutual, where we listen and imagine together.